The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, November 10th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts. My wicked co-host. First up, all she wanted was her middle miss seeds to grow. Oh, and revenge. It's Katie Cat. Hey guys. Hope you're all doing well, and I'm super excited to talk about the episode. Next up, she drank from the Holy Grail, and all she got was sparkly skin. It's Ava Stark. That's right, because that's I love the evil side of everything. Hey everyone! Yes, you do. You bad, bad girl. Next up, without magic, she's a delicate thing. It's Ashley Michelle. Hey, guys. Can't wait to talk about the episode. Hope you guys are having a good day. And last but not least, deep inside, she holds a spark from Prometheus's flame. It's Pimenta. Yeah, pun intended for the great girl. Hey, guys. Very excited to talk about the new episode. Exactly. I felt it was most appropriate. <laughs> it was. It was. Good. All Big right. Big boob now. mistress. Oh my. Yes, the boob <laughs> mistress. Oh, Eva, I missed you. <laughs> oh, good grief. Well, let's jump into our recap of episode 507, which was titled Nimue, and it aired on November 8th, 2015. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. In Camelot, Merlin spearheads a mission to reunite the dagger with Excalibur so he can use the weapon to save Emma from the darkness, threatening her soul. With Zelina in tow, Hook, Mary Margaret, David, Regina, and Robin steal into Arthur's castle to take the broken sword from the maniacal king. Meanwhile, Merlin brings Emma along on a journey to confront his ancient nemesis and retrieve the sacred spark he'll need to reforge Excalibur. Both parties are tested, but one suffers a blow that could derail the entire operation. In a flashback to long before the age of Arthur, young Merlin finds purpose after he is blessed with magic and immortality, but when he falls in love with a young refugee named Nimue, everything changes for Merlin, as their romance starts a chain of events that touches every one of our present-day heroes. Dun-dun-dun-dun! 
Alright, I typically don't go first, so I'll go first this time with my initial reaction to the episode. I enjoyed it. I don't like Nimue. Sorry. Uh, she, like, after everything that happened, I'm like, I, w I would not pick you up if you were a hitchhiker. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I love how they weaved in a lot of Greek mythology with Merlin, which I thought was fascinating. And, uh, yeah, it was interesting. The, the sort of the dichotomy between Nimue and Merlin and Captain Swan. That was a lot very on the nose, I think. And um, anything with Middle Mist makes me happy. Because I think Middle Mist is pretty. No? Oh well. <laughs> yes, it is. It's yes. Katie, what's your initial reaction to the episode? I actually really, really liked it. Um, I thought the action was great in the episode, and we got some really good backstory. And there were a lot of great parallels in this episode, too. So I guess any episode that, you know, has as much screen time of Merlin as possible is fantastic. So <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Ash? I love this episode. I loved it. I went into it loving it when with the little spoilers that we saw of it, and I came out loving it. I Anything that can make me react to screaming, crying, or whining in my room is a pretty good episode, and this episode did all of that and more to me. I have still not recovered from watching it. Oh, wow. Ava! Why? Uh, this was a good episode, because since the beginning they were talking about Merlin, Merlin, and then finally, on the seventh episode, we get to see the actual backstory of Merlin. Um, the only sad part of it was we didn't have enough of our core cast. That was my little complaint, but yeah, it was an alright episode. Can't complain about it. I, I like Nimue, actually. She, the actress, her name is Carolyn Ford. She is gorgeous she is a fantastic actress the way she was pushing emma um to accept the darkness or to kill merlin that was just an awesome scene so yeah yes she is a psychopath <laughs> pimenta your initial reaction eh. <laughs> okay so um like eva said i really 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 miss the core cast. I feel like the show is walking towards this once upon a guest star thing that I hope they would have learned by last year that it doesn't work. Um, I'm enjoying Merlin. I really like his character and I liked Nimue and I loved Carolyn Ford's performance. But aside of that, I think that I would do with less flashbacks and seriously less of the messing of the timeline because I'm my brain cannot function after last night's episode and the thousand years ago the 500 years ago then 200 years ago and god knows how many years ago so um I don't know I think we're in episode seven now and there are things that I feel are missing from the show in regards to their main characters and last night, the show did nothing to change my opinion of that, so I'm afraid I'm losing interest slowly. 
and I don't want that to happen. Anyway, the, yeah, this is how this episode made me feel. That's interesting. Once upon a guest star, we've had like six <laughs> episodes straight with all our main characters, and one episode that we need backstory for some of the guests. I don't know. We'll discuss it more because I feel like I get where you're coming from, but story-wise, I mean, you're going to need to at least have an episode or two that sort of fleshes out some of the recurring cast. I mean, wouldn't you say so, Katie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you really look back to like season one as well, it's always been that way. You have episodes where there are guest star backstories like there was an archie episode yeah there was a ton he's not necessarily main cast per se yeah you've got jiminy cricket you've got hansel and gretel you had archie you've had well he is archie is jiminy cricket that's true Um, but also sorry i cut you but i i get where pimenta is coming from um season one we did have a lot of guests guest stars um we had a lot of fairy tale stories, and the main cast was somehow involved in it. That's why we exactly. didn't feel like uh, we're lacking that. Not um, really the Jiminy exactly. Cricket one. That's true. That one. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to Henry think each one Rumpel by one, but yeah. there are a couple that you, didn't. If you rewatch season one, you'll see that Jiminy Cricket at the time was a main character. Actually, he was. I think I think the act. Uh, what was his name? Raphael's Barge. Yeah, I think Raphael's Barge was. Uh, was he re- main cast or was he just recurring? I think he was recurring. main. Season one. I'm I think sure. he's always been recurring. I don't think he's ever been main cast. Or maybe ma- it could be. I must be mistaken. Was done, but that was it. We also had a grumpy episode. <laughs> I mean, and usually people pan that episode, but that was season one. You know, we learned more about the dwarves and that kind of thing. And that one wasn't really associated with anybody else. I believe Blue was in it. And Snow White was sort of in it. In present day Storybrook, Snow White. Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying as far as flashbacks, that was like a grumpy centric story. Yeah, but Belle was in it. He, she was the one that. She wasn't a main character. At the time, she was just recurring. She was actually oh, a guest star, I believe, oh, in season stop one. It. They were always planning on bringing Belle in as a, as a regular. No, but the point is that she wasn't main at the moment. So at that time, she was just a guest star, and he was recurring. And they did an episode that didn't feature, I should say, a flashback that didn't really feature any of the main cast. So they've done it before. Although, I mean, Grumpy isn't necessarily one of like the main recurring sort of new characters introduced. But I feel like at least every couple of episodes or i should say a couple episodes each mid-season we're gonna have to get to know some of these characters if not it's just going to be a bunch of exposition and uh, that would make the episode boring i think if they're just sort of like talking about oh you know this is what i did a thousand years ago you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. let's get into the actual meat and potatoes of the episode and we're actually going to start a thousand years ago we see a young merlin and another gentleman sort of running through the desert and uh, they see a, a sort of like a glimmer in the sand merlin's friend who doesn't have a name i believe uh, thinks that it's a mirage but merlin you know recognizes it as it could be something else you know i'd, I'd rather 
you know, die and, and find out that it's nothing, then, you know, just die, period. So they find that it's a goblet, and, uh, you know, they're like, it's, it's a gift, gift from the gods, and his friend, uh, being all greedy, picks it up, and he promptly turns into dust, much like we saw um, Kay get turned into dust when he tried to pick up Excalibur, hint, hint. And uh, Merlin, you know, he prepares to do the same. He's like, you know, drink or die. You know, he looks up to the heavens and asks permission. And, uh, you know, he, you know, picks it up, drinks with no problem. And once he drinks everything that's in this chalice, he uh, appears to acquire magic. And the desert changes to lush greens. So what did we think of this opening scene and this you know, not introduction to Merlin, but an introduction to his backstory. I thought it was super interesting because I wasn't, I guess I wasn't expecting it, honestly, um, to start that way. Um, I don't know. It was, it's such a different setting than anything we've seen on the show so far. Mm -hmm. And it was real, it was really interesting. It was a long time ago. Yeah. This is the earliest point I think we've seen the show ever. Um, so that was that was really intriguing. I enjoyed it a lot. Obviously that area where they're at is becoming Camelot. Yeah, which is yeah, really interesting. Yeah, but what did we think of his attire? Like did that look a little Greek? A little Greek and a little like uh I'm I I hope I won't insult anyone by saying this, but it looks like the, all the depictions of Jesus that we had. <laughs> anyway, Hallelujah. <laughs> the Last Supper. The Grail, right? I think it was a nod to that. Uh, maybe I'm not sure. Katie, uh, yeah, just, can you yeah. share with us a little bit about the Holy Grail? The Holy Grail. Ah. Uh, I don't really know too or maybe much not. about the Holy Grail. All I know is like it's a it, it's it was the vessel for Jesus Christ that he drank uh, he drank water in, the, in yeah. the Last Supper or something. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't that's really no. Weird. I don't think the Holy Grail that. is a dish, plate, stone, or cup that is part of an important theme of Arthurian literature. According yeah, to legend, it has special powers and is designed to provide happiness, eternal youth, and food in infinite abundance. Yeah, this is according to Wikipedia. You and I went to the same place. <laughs> yeah. So, Katie, you're supposed to be our Arthurian expert. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, it's, <laughs> it's you know, obviously Arthurian to me. I didn't okay, really good. recognize it. It was the last supper. anything other than that. But, um, yeah, so that, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I know it was supposed to um, provide eternal youth and stuff. So, obviously it did that in the show, which was interesting. So... Absolutely. Okay, so uh, then we flash forward. Obviously, Merlin has been using his magic for good, healing people, helping them. And we flash forward to 500 years ago, correct? I think yes, so, yeah. that's correct. Okay, and this is where we see Merlin and a young boy in red who turns out to be... The Apprentice! Yes, a very young... Apprentice. Shout out to the Apprentice. We've missed you. 
because you were so wise. Old man. Wait, was it five hundred or two hundred? I thought it was two hundred years ago. We saw the first appearance of the apprentice. No, they. The the caption on the screen. Yeah, it was five hundred. Um, it was five hundred because I think they actually. I don't know if this was everywhere because some people were saying it did say two hundred, but online the once upon a time Twitter account um, posted that it was supposed to be five hundred years ago. So everyone was wondering, was thinking maybe that was a production error. Yeah, because Rumpelstiltskin's supposed to be at least three hundred years old, and it yeah. was impossible yeah. for the Dark One legend to come about that late. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So everyone was guessing that the two hundred. Years was a production error. Yeah. Wow, look at the apprentice. He lasted a long time. Yeah, man. I'm jealous. So we're going to get confused. Let's go 500. So 500 years ago, which will make more sense, I guess. We'll go with what the show, with what the creators want. We um, So we meet Nimue for the very first time. And Merlin seems to always know stuff in advance. You know, he can see the future. But he can't read Nimue. So he asks her, you know, what she needs. And basically, she sort of tells her tale. Basically, her village was destroyed by a gentleman by the name of Vortigan who sounds quite lovely and um you know everything was completely destroyed you know all of the buildings no one was left alive whatever whatever the you know she managed to escape with some middle mist seeds and uh, she said that she wanted revenge but the revenge that she wants is the seeds to grow which I guess she hasn't met Emily Thorne yet because she needs to be taught how to do revenge correctly because seed growing is not revenge. Anyway, but thank you, somebody laughed. And so um, basically she's like, here are the seeds to Merlin. You know, I'll be back, you know, when they grow. And he's like, well, why wait? And so he magics them to grow and she's all happy. And he's like, I hope you stay or something. I hope, you know, you, you um, basically when she says she, she's going to return, he's basically like, I hope you do. And she's like, can't you see? And then he's like, well, not really with you, but, uh, you know, let's make things happen. <laughs> So they end up starting to fall in love with Nimue, because why not? She seems very charming right there, besides her not knowing what revenge is. What did we think of Nimue? I like Nimue. I liked her. I mean, like I said, I I loved Caroline Ford's performance last night. She was very convincing. She had this something mysterious in her face. I mean, I was wondering the whole time if she was already the dark one when she met Merlin and if she was tricking him for some reason. So that to me says a lot. Performance really says a lot to me because I do some acting in my life. Anyway, um, I liked her introduction. I liked her character. I was a bit I was like, what the hell, girl, when she said the, that that her revenge would be the seeds growing? And maybe I'm not that um, that fluffy in my life, I don't know, but uh, I found that to be a bit funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's laughing, but I'm it's happy a that innocent. someone agrees. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sunshine and butterflies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... Um, 
I really enjoyed her as uh, the Dark One as well, so yeah, I like Nimue. Mm -hmm. After reading what little I did of the Nimue legend and knowing that in some stories that she got Merlin to fall in love with her so that she could learn his magic and and then entrap him in the tree and all that, that to see her do almost that in a different way was great on Once's part. To see that she took the power that he had and used it against him and used it for herself and still she was selfish and but she was very convincing in the beginning. She was very sweet. Mm -hmm. She's very innocent and very cute. Yeah, little little naive. A little minx. Flowers. <laughs> I didn't know that this is what happened in um uh you know, in the original uh, Merlin. Well, it's not exactly uh, the same. It, it's, it's once is or sort of twist that's what on she it. Did, so she is the alpha of the crocodile family. Oh, good grief! <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's flash forward to many, many years ago. Whatever that means, we find Merlin and Nimue. You know, they have. Uh, become quite enchanted with one another you know they spend time in the village they flowers are growing everywhere they're being all romantical and stuff you know he's putting rings on her and uh, turning vines into gold and all this kind of stuff uh, basically they kind of get engaged sort of right mm -hmm. in a sense basically, yeah only a bit only a bit and uh you know, but basically, Merlin's like, you know, I, I'm immortal, you know, we, there's no real future for love with me, and he admits that he found the Holy Grail uh, 500 years ago, did he say? No idea. I don't know. Yeah. The whole time. Five hundred and one years many ago. Many years ago. Many years ago, he found the holy. Many, many, <laughs> many, many years ago, years he ago. found the holy grail, and basically <laughs> gave a magic and eternal life. And if he marries Nimue, then it means that he'd have to watch her die, which um, would be very sad. And oh, you know, uh, uh, it sucks to be an immortal. And uh, basically, right. he goes on to say that the holy grail is still there. You know, it's at the bottom of the tower. So she's like, oh, it's in our living room? And he's like, yes. And so Nimue basically surmises that if she drinks from it, they can live together forever, which would be fantastic and all that kind of stuff. But I guess Nimue doesn't realize that if she's not worthy of it, she might turn to dust. So who knows? But um, Merlin has a better idea. He's like, why don't we turn the grail into a sword and uh you know we can use it to abolish the immor his immortality and you know his magic and all that stuff and he could just be a regular person and we can be all happy and making out and in front of the middle miss and all that kind of stuff and so they head to uh where prometheus's flame is because they're going to need that flame to basically create the um you create the grail or turn the grail i should say into the sword and this is where things get interesting because on their journey to find that you know we have uh you know once again many many years ago uh, merlin and nimue they find her village and home in ruins you know nimue is um 
very, you know, sort of sad about this and that kind of thing. I love how Merlin was like, in the future, they're going to call this survivor's guilt. But he, she didn't let him finish. <laughs> and they notice that, um, you know, there are all these cups and stuff, uh, like, basically on the ground. And so they surmise that this Vortigan man, who was spying on them earlier, basically has been looking for the Holy Grail. I don't know how they figure it out. I guess it's Merlin and his uh, precognitive nature and that kind of thing. And um, we have, uh, you know, Nimue basically saying, if I have any power, I'm going to use it so that this could not happen to anyone else. And so... Uh, Merlin start exactly so Merlin basically does like a locator spell in his own kind of way to see where this Vortigan man is and Vortigan is getting closer and closer and uh, so they decide to like rush you know to to get the sword to be made from the Holy Grail so they find the fire Merlin does a whole bunch of really awesome magic, which I thought was fantastic. And the goblet turns into what we now know as Excalibur. We have this Vortigan man. He shows up. He attacks Nimue with his own... What was that? His own, like, sh like what would you call that? It's not like a shiv or something. I think, I think it was like Wolverine's nail. <laughs> it was, well, it was made out of like tree, right? It was made out of like I don't even know, sticks. but when I saw it, I was like, Wolverine came to Once Upon a Time, but he looks uglier. There you go. It looks it looked like brass knuckles, <laughs> but like not really made out of brass, more made out of like twigs. But somehow he must have like grinded them like real sharp or something because he like stabs Nimue in the gut and oh no Nimue's gonna die and she like falls into Merlin's arms and he's all the feels the feels and she like faints and dies and that kind of thing and this is where this Vortigan man is like such a moron because while this woman is dying in his arms, all you gotta do is pick up that sword and, like, run. But no, he, like, waits until, like, Merlin is done grieving. And then he's like, well, I'm gonna take this. And uh, now that you're done grieving. And then Merlin, you know, magics himself in front of him. And he's like, you better not do anything. You better drop that thing. And then he's like, well, what if I cut you? And then all of a sudden, bam, Nimue sneaks up from behind and snatches his heart out of his chest. And then Merlin obviously is shocked. And, uh, you know, we learned that Nimue, when Merlin was trying to locate Vortigan, had basically drank from the grail without Merlin knowing. And she didn't turn to dust because she wanted to be immortal. So Merlin's like, don't kill him. You know, if you do something bad like murder, you're going to be evil forever. And then uh, our OTP will be no TP. <laughs> and so Nimue, blinded by revenge, you know, she wants to get rid of the man that destroyed her home, her family, her village. She crushes his heart. And uh, the flame goes out and the Dark One's legacy is created. With Merlin's <laughs> one true love, who becomes the first Dark One. So yeah. So let me ask you. Let me ask you. Something. Wait, hold on one second. Nimue picks yeah, up yeah. the sword because she's like, uh, don't get any ideas about getting rid of immortality of people and magics and stuff. She breaks the uh, the sword. It turns into like the little piece for the Dark One dagger, and then you know what we've seen of Excalibur, and uh, basically. 
you know, Merlin's like, I'm the one that should be sorry. I'm sorry that this happened to you. And so we also learn through like a little montage that uh, Merlin magicked the larger half of the sword into the stone and then he did some sort of binding spell so that uh, he could be in control of the Dark One via the Dark One dagger but at some point Nimue stole the dagger from him and then he got magicked into a tree. So okay, let's get everyone's feedback and opinions on uh, the flash 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 way in the past back. Um, I'm going to take a page out of Pimenta's book and say that the beginning of this scene was very Twilight. Oh, very God. Twilight. Poetic. <laughs> what? I, I don't understand the oh, God, Pappy. Why Gag that? me with a spoon. It was. <laughs> it so was. Like, no, I'm going to live this long life and I'm going to watch you die. I don't want you to live that same life. My life is... Well, you know what the stupid part was, or the part that I didn't get? Because remember, she faked mm -hmm. her death, and mm -hmm. then she was like, oh, I did that so that you n you'd know what it feels like to lose someone? I'm like, he's immortal. He's like losing people every hundred years. Like, what the hell? Yeah, well, not even a hundred years, because back in the day, people died much younger. So he's like losing people like every 40 to 50 years. Like, what the hell are you talking about, lady? Yeah, like ripe old age of childhood right there. Yeah. I don't know. I Nimue was nice when she was nice, but then once I heard revenge, I was like, okay, she's going to turn into a psychopath, and that's what she ended up being. <laughs> it's important yeah. we have psychopaths, okay? That is true. Hello, shout out to Corella. Right? Corella. <laughs> the babe. Yeah, she really <laughs> was. Her. But Nimue, I'm like, really? Like, this dude is like loving you, and like, is, he's willing to give up his magic for you. And you're like screwing it all up because you wanted to kill Scarface. <laughs> Scarface? Because he had all those scars on his face. Yeah. But continuing on, Nimue going to the dark side, step into the bad side. What did we think? I, like I said, I was expecting it. And she's all silvery sparkly. So here's the thing uh, so far, we've known that whoever picks up the dark. Dark One's curse is because they have no choice but to take it. Uh, for Emma was to save the town, for Rumpel was to save his son, but for Nimue, we don't know what happened with Zoso or um, Fortigan or Well, whatever. technically, Rumpel was tricked into... He was tricked, that's true. Yeah. So, with Nimue, she chose to become this darkness, because she knew, because uh, Merlin told her, if if you kill something, if I kill someone with my power, then it turns into darkness. Uh, which, exactly what happened, because she drank the holy water, I guess, uh, from the holy grail. She became just like Merlin, but she had the... Um, the choice of becoming either good or evil, and she cho chose revenge over mercy. So it was like Cruella type of thing. Yeah. She should have just asked Emily Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was really interesting because I knew I, I knew that this was she was going to be the first dark one, so it wasn't a huge shocker to me. But I still really enjoyed really? it. Um. What? Nothing. 
Just teasing. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, Ava. Uh, anyways, uh, so I yeah, like I said, it wasn't a huge shocker to me, but I really enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought that they did it well, and Caroline Ford did a fantastic job showing that transition i think um so i mean i enjoyed it it's your classic choosing revenge scenario but um that's what a lot of our villains are you know what make turns them into a villain it's just one of the overlying factors that gets people to do desperate things and make bad choices and it eventually becomes who they are so um it was really interesting, and I, I really enjoyed it. So, me too. Yeah. I liked it. Like, yeah, it was really good. I don't know. Yeah. I just loved the the getting to know the first dark one. Yeah, it was just awesome. And I really liked her, like the makeup and stuff she had on as well. That's um, true. That showed what she looked like. Right, um, the elf of the crocodile family. <laughs> Apparently, oh, <good> Lord. <laughs> although she was more silvery, sparkly than green yellow sparkly someone wrote online that uh nimue and zelina should see a dermatologist together well rumple as well although rumple's a little more scaly rumple is rumple looks like a rock star even when he's a dark one so i don't yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah, i'm fine gold flecked skin so <laughs> I think it's really interesting that we didn't see Nimue's breaking point. That we don't know if she decided to become evil before she met Merlin and that was why she went up to Merlin, or if she did it after she found out that she could have Merlin's power. I don't I think was, that there yeah, was a was clear break. I think it was when she saw this man who slaughtered her entire village that was the point for her she was like this is it i am going to kill this person who took away everything from me and merlin does say you don't have to do this she's like no i chose to do this something like that i can't remember exactly so i guess that was it i guess when she saw this person who slaughtered her family her village it was like that's it for her she has a chance to kill this person she will do it I um like I said I don't enjoy the extra amount of time they devote in uh, guest stars and everything but I think this at, at least this bit of the story was very it was necessary because it went all the way back to the um once upon a time mythology and the dark ones mythology and the origins of the dark one and it was interesting to see how it all started and who initiated it um I mean, I could see uh, Nimue becoming the Dark One willingly, and it was interesting to see that she chose to become the Dark One, or at least to, to you know, have dark magic instead of just magic. Um, because she had the idea of revenge from the beginning. I mean, even if she said that she wanted to grow the seed, she still mentioned that she wanted to do it for revenge and there was this something something telling i think in her whole and uh, the all the way that she acted throughout the episode that 
they that could make me see her choosing the dark side willingly. So I enjoyed that bit of the story. I think it was very good. I <laughs> I cringed a bit with her makeup though. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know if it was because I was uh, scared or if <laughs> I just didn't like it. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I have to watch this. And yeah. Poppy, I'm very disappointed in you. What did All I do? Let's talk about growing seeds and planting. Yeah, you haven't said that. You didn't. Oh my I've been behaving, right, Katie? <laughs> That's because I drank from what? the Holy Grail. Ooh, Daniel, so you're funny. in a Regina puppy. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh my. Well, let's move into. It's not really present day Camelot. It's Camelot of uh, six or less weeks ago, <laughs> and uh, we have our crew together at Granny's because that's where you meet and stuff. And they're deciding on what to do next. Because basically, Arthur must be, like, getting uh, the troops together to, like, start a war because of uh, our Storybrooke Avengers. And uh, so a bunch of little things happen in the beginning. And we're going to sort of split up this storyline because a group does some stuff and another group does another stuff. So basically, Merlin lets Emma know that... They have to go on a quest because they need to get a flame from Prometheus. The first, uh, you know, flame, um, the first spark, you know, flame for man or however you put it. And that's going to be used to basically forge the two pieces of Excalibur together. You know, the Darkwing Dagger and uh, the Excalibur Sword so that it can become one complete sword and uh, the other group basically needs to get Excalibur back and there's this great conversation uh, between the group and uh, they're trying to figure out how to get into the castle and Zelina can't talk but she finally puts her two cents in and she's like you know I tried to escape before Miss Sarcastic and uh, you know I know how to get out and if I know how to get out I know how to get in she knows how to do a lot of stuff apparently and did you approve of that, Ashley? Uh-huh. I can't get over her line of, excuse me, sarcastic. Yeah, that was that good. Was just... <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, and you. so, Thank you, Rebecca Mater. Yes, yeah, so the groups end up splitting up. Before that ends up happening, there was a moment that all the Captain Swans were very excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as always. So we have our little Captain Swan duo, and, uh, you know, they basically have a nice little moment before Emma goes off on her quest, mm-hmm. and uh, it was given away in the preview, which, why did they give this away? But it it was a nice little moment where basically Hook gives Emma the ring that he has uh, on a chain that that he wears and he's like you know this is something that's always brought me luck you know i'm a survivor and this has always been with me i don't know if it's because of this or not but i want you to have it and he's like you know i'm not proposing and emma looks all disappointed but he's <laughs> like you know this is you know so that you can come back to me basically yeah yeah uh, you see all the drama save your drama for your mama 
So it was a lovely Captain Swan moment, right, Katie? You approved? Yes. And there was like a passionate kiss and everything. There were two of them. I know. And Granny was standing in the background, like. Granny wasn't the only one. Oh. Well, there you go. So, okay, so let's split our team in half. Let's follow right now our Avengers, and we'll get back to Merlin and Emma's excellent adventure in just a moment. So we have our group being led by Zelina to basically sort of like a... In, I don't know, what would you call it? Like, um, the back entrance of Camelot? Like, the side entrance? Like, the, sort of like a... Probably a side entrance. Yeah, something like that. Like, a little crypt, uh, tunnel-y type of area where they're gonna bust through so that they can enter and uh, swipe Excalibur. And, uh, they magic it open. They leave Zelina with Mary Margaret so that Mary Margaret can share some pregnancy tips with Zelina. Yeah. Yes. And while all this is going on, we have Arthur, and he's trying to play Mr. Wizard or something, and he's concocting something in a cauldron, and apparently it's something that'll dissolve anybody and anything, so he's like, we're gonna pour this on them if you see them. And so his guards take that thing away, and we have our little group, they enter the uh, castle, and uh, basically, you know, they're, they're like, we need to get it fast, and uh, they bust through into... Um, the round table room and Arthur's there with uh, the Excalibur and uh, Regina freezes him you know everything seems to be like good to go like our heroes are finally gonna have a win right yes no in walks Zelina with a tied up Mary Margaret because uh, Zelina had knocked her out. And it turns out this oh. was all a plan between <laughs> Arthur and Zelina. Although you were going to say that she knocked her up and I was like, what? No, knocked her out. <laughs> she, had, she had to tie her up first. Exactly. And uh, all Fifty Shades of, of Green. And... Um, <laughs> Yes. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> and so Zelina unfreezes Arthur. There's a lot of exposition, like, oh, this was Arthur's plan. I thought it'd help out. If you guys treated me better, I might have helped you, or at least, you know, I would have felt bad, uh, you know, doing this to you guys. And, uh,. There's, you know, one of Merlin's cookbooks, as she puts it, and she uses a spell to basically bind Merlin to uh, that half of Excalibur. So now uh, Arthur picks up Excalibur, says Merlin's three name three times, you know, Merlin, 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 and Merlin magics there. He's like, you know, I don't want these people to harm me. So he like whoosh, and their weapons fall down, and uh, and Regina's fireball gets poofed. And then uh, there's a lot of exposition where basically Merlin's like, hey, you know, Emma passed the test, which we'll be talking about in, in a couple moments. And he's like, you know, just give me a, this half of Excalibur. I'll forge it together. And, uh, you know, we can save the day. Charming's like, hey, you know, our daughter will be an asset to you, you know, if she's the savior, no longer the dark one. And Arthur's like, you know, look at y'all making fun of me, half a sword, half a man, uh, listening to, you know, whispers in the trees. I'm going to do things my way. And 
and Merlin's like, you know, you're on the path to fix everything, Arthur, if you just give me the frickin' sword. And he's like, nope, I'm done listening to you. Be quiet. I'm holding the sword. I can make you do what I want. Um, what I want is glory. I want glory. He's on the edge of glory. He must be a fan of Lady Gaga. And Merlin's <laughs> like... Yeah. Right, Katie? Isn't that what they said? Yeah. Yep, obviously. Yes. Yep. And Merlin's <laughs> like, you know, that's all you want, glory. You know, you're supposed to be as, like a son to me. I, you know, I, w- I wish I was there to raise you right because you need a spanking right now, boy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, Arthur's like, be quiet. You know, I want these intruders out of my castle. So he magics them away, hopefully to Granny's, you know, not like, you know, the edge of a cliff or something. You know, like, where's baby Neil and all this? Exactly. With Granny. And Grumpy. Grumpy is breastfeeding him. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Or maybe not. And so, basically... Maybe Maybe Henry is watching them because Henry was not there. Oh, that is true, too. Yes. And so, basically, you know, this is where we sort of leave off with this group. So... Focusing on our little story, Brooke Avengers. Were we surprised that Zelina double-crossed them? Were we surprised that Arthur was a big douche and was being so mean to Merlin and our buddies from Storybrooke? No. (laughs) Hmm? I I don't think Zelina's pregnant, like, to be quite honest. I don't even think she's pregnant. Yeah, I don't think so either. I've been Can't thinking about this it. ever since. It's only I mean, been like yeah. 10 days since she announced she's pregnant. Yeah, that's we're in I New think, York. I think that. Uh, I think that was like 10 days ago. Then, <laughs> if there is a baby, then there's something else going on there. I think maybe she magicked it out from someone else or. Well, we other. are having an episode named Birth, so. I don't think it will be about her. Uh, yeah, though. I don't think it's Sunday. about her. She's not even showing yet. The and birth of the eggs. Oh gosh. <laughs> she's not Maleficent. She's at <laughs> least, She's like at least eight weeks. At least. Yeah, yeah. That's like two months. That's like nothing. No. That's at least. We don't know how long Time she was jump. pregnant before that. I have a question. Uh, are mm. we supposed to think that while our, uh, our, our the Avengers were... Bursting into Camelot and scheming. Well, they're not in Avengers, because that's when they were in Neverland. So they're our storybook Avengers. Yeah, but but Jennifer Goodwin keeps calling them the Avengers. Well, that's because she's still stuck in season three. And good for her, because that was the last best season of the show. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Jade. So, no, anyway. uh, Samantha reminds me of myself last season. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm so chill now, right? How you've oh. grown, Ava. Yes. Character development at its finest, huh? <laughs> You're gonna turn into Katie soon. But continue, Pimenta. <laughs> oh my god, there'll be two of them. <laughs> I'm kidding. I oh, love that means Katie. another Gingy. Yes. <laughs> what? You need to dye your hair now. <laughs> right, right. Continue, Pimenta. Yeah, so while they were bursting into Camelot, are we supposed to think that Belle was with Merida? Yeah. 
Okay, yes. Because I was wondering what the hell Belle was. Yeah, last they're night. saying what they want to say. She's still yeah. on the boat coming I back. I want to see you be brave. Yes. <laughs> you know, and no one noticed that she's gone. <laughs> Poor Belle. That's true. <laughs> no one said anything. Everyone's like, what? She's just taking a long poo. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, yeah, because I was, it was really interesting. The episode ended and I was like, this is why they had, they gave us a Rumble episode last week so that Belle would be, would disappear again this week. And, um, anyway, I like the, uh, if, are we talking about the storybook storybook adventures now? Are yes. We? Okay, so, yeah, since I started talking as usual, um, I really like the group scenes, and like I said, I always enjoy when the main cast is showcased. I love that everybody was working together, but I, I think that it wasn't really necessary for them to make for the writers I think to make everyone look stupid while scheming so that Zelina could say the obvious better plan I mean because Oops. Zelina she did, yeah I mean she had reason she was being reasonable in what she says and that's never good yeah <laughs> yeah I mean how is it possible anyway um yeah, but still, I I would I would love to have seen more of them of how they got to Arthur's uh, tower. How I, maybe I could I, I could see Regina, uh, you know, glamouring them all so that the guards wouldn't see them or something like that. I could I could definitely do with more of the storybook Avengers and dear Mary Margaret or. Snow White, because her name is Snow, okay? Stop calling her Mary Margaret. Uh, <laughs> dear Snow, when are you going to stop being so gullible? Thank you. So you're oh, writing her a letter. Dear Snow. Yeah. Dearest yeah. Snow. Pimenta. <laughs> Sincerely. Sincere. Your new Sincerely bootleg. Sincerely Pimenta. Please stop being so gullible. Yeah, that's one of her downfalls for sure. She's she's rather gullible, and it's been that way since she was a child as well. She wasn't that gullible when she was like uh, ten, being Bandit Snow. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. no, because she had to not be for sure. Survivor skills, but she got yeah. Lorad, so. They need to like uh, banish her into the forest so that she can get her survival <laughs> skills back. Yeah. Funnily enough, she she's not baby in a brain. She's not in the town now. She's in the kingdom, in the forest, in landscapes. She's closer to her element. She should be smart. Yeah. But she's smart baby woman. Brain. Baby brain is a real thing. Not speaking from experience. <laughs> baby brain is real. It's for real. So, any final thoughts on the Storybrooke Avengers before we move into Merlin and Emma's excellent adventure? Uh, yes. They're like, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. That's how they were. <laughs> that was great. That was fabulous. Thank you. Good job, think... Eva. Thank I you, think kid. I um... <laughs> I'm speechless. I, actually, I, think I'm, I think I must be the only one that <laughs> actually enjoyed um, Arthur's speech to Merlin. Oh, I thought he was a petulant child. 
I mean, uh, I understand that, yes, and I agree, but I could see some reason behind his words. I mean, he was indeed trying to make sense from signs given to him all his life from a tree. And... I don't know. I think well, if he would not have done all the stupid stuff that he's done, like if he would have been good and uh, stayed on the path of goodness, then maybe if he would have had some gripes, I would be more apt to listen to him. But because he went the evil route and used dust to create his kingdom and, you know, he dusted his wife and dusted everybody and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just can't listen to what he says. So for me, like, once you went down the bad side, like, all of your griping and bitching about, oh my gosh, I, like, I, I need the glory. I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, if you would have been good, you would have had all the freaking glory you wanted, but you had to be a power hungry asshole and fucked everything up. Yeah, but this is actually much like Rumpelstiltskin's story. Because Not he... really, because Merlin is conscious. <laughs> I know, I Merlin don't... Merlin knew don't... what was happening, Rumpel didn't. Well, he did, but we saw through I... Emma how the Dark Ones pushed them. I mean, no, I mean, Rumpelstiltskin had his power as his motive for quite some time. I mean, it was Belfire as well, I'm not denying that. But he did. He did make some bad choices because he wanted power, and I think that wow. you see that in um, Arthur as well. No, I just think it's interesting. But I'll give you a couple points, Pimenta. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting to see how different people rationalize things from the lens they're looking through. <clears throat> and for Arthur, you know, he is this obvious selfish desire and want and so he sees everything through that sort of selfish lens which is he's really a villain. yeah exactly they see things completely different and it's really just interesting to watch especially as a viewer because you're not looking at it that way obviously so it's really interesting yeah but he's a he's piece of crap you know yeah. Arthur would just let Merlin you know make his sword bigger because everything <laughs> Yes, it's all about the sword envy. Oh lord. I knew we couldn't get through this recording. Well, he's the one that said he was, I'm half a man with half a sword. He just, wa he just wanted it. All he wanted was a couple more inches, Katie. Okay, I'm muting. Katie's so dumb. He's jealous of Merlin's sword. It's me and Poppy against Katie at this point. Poppy, Poppy, I want to give you a hug. Thank you. Okay, so no, let's... Katie deserves the hug. Yeah, Katie does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie deserves so. hugs. So let's move away from the sword envy, and uh, let's go on an adventure. Is there, does everybody want to go on an adventure? Yay! No. Adventure time. Yes, that's an actual show, Katie. Yeah, it is. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. At least if you've heard of something. Okay. <laughs> so let's go on an adventure. So we have uh, Emma and Merlin, and they're walking through the forest, and, you know, they got to go find this spark and all this kind of stuff. And he's basically just giving her advice and, and you know, basically 
filling her in on like you know you better watch out you know the darkness and all this kind of stuff and she's worried oh you know i don't see the vision of rumpelstiltskin anymore does that mean that i've accepted the the darkness and he's like you know you got to trust in yourself you're going to make the right choices but you know i see sort of two paths for today you know one path says you know everything's going to be all fine and dandy and we're going to come back you know to our group together as heroes and the other path i'm dead so you better choose wisely basically is what he says they end up getting to the point of uh, the prometheus spark flame type of thing and uh, merlin explains that for us to get it, you know, we're going to have to, or I should say, she's going to have to commune with the original Dark One because the spark is uh, inside of the original Dark One. And mm-hmm. so Emma holds the dagger. She's like, how'd you get this? And uh, he's like, duh, I snuck it out. And... Uh, she she holds it and um you know we start seeing all these names flash we see emma and then rumple and zoso and a whole bunch of other ones and then we see bam the original hooded dark one with the gold mask and then she looks down and oh no it's nimue because basically you know she's been learning the story of nimue as they've been going along and all that kind of stuff and so she's like, oh no, it's a her. And so uh, Nimue takes off her bedazzled mask to show her bedazzled face. Ta-da! Yes, in all its silvery, sparkly glory. We have uh, Nimue. And, uh, you know, she needs to get this ember back from the spark from Nimue. And uh, she tries to convince Emma that, you know, love isn't as powerful as she thinks. And even when you love someone, you have to stop them. You know, if they don't, let you become you. And so they're having this conversation. Uh, you know, Merlin sees Nimue. He's like, oh, I thought of you every single day. And she's like, well, that's good because now you can, now I can be the last thing you see when you die. Bam. Mic drop. And, uh,. <laughs> She forces uh, Emma to poof Merlin into the ground, and uh, and then Emma's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "I'm gonna have you kill him, basically." And so he starts. She starts choking Merlin, but not strong enough because he can still talk. And he's like, "You can do it, Emma. You can fight this. You can fight this. You can fight this." And Nimue's all like, "Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! You can do it. You're nothing. You're nothing. You're nobody." You're nobody. And then Emma's and then like... Jennifer Morrison saves us all. I know. And then Emma's like, bitch, I was somebody before. I was a bail bonds woman. Get it right. Right, right. <laughs> and then she pushes Nimue away. And, uh, you know, Emma's like, I don't need your power, bitch. I got my own power. Light magic. Get it right. And so the dagger goes back to Emma's name. And she takes the spark ember, whatever you want to call it, from Nimue. And Nimue's like... When you need me, I will be in there. She pointed to her brain. And, yes, and then she disappears. Creepy, creepy. Bam. And so as they're walking back, and they're talking and bonding and that kind of thing. Oh, wait, um, Merlin's like, you did good, Emma. What does it feel like? She's like, it feels fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so, um... <laughs> 
Okay, so they're walking back, and that's when Merlin gets magicked away. Because stupid Arthur. So what did we think of Emma, Nimue, Emma choosing goodness, and Merlin living to see at least one more episode? <laughs> Woo! I'm excited. I'm glad we get to see him more. Okay, so I just wanted to bring us back to the Emma scene really quick. Because I really feel like I need, like, this needs to be talked about. My initial reaction to this scene, like, I was teary-eyed. I was starting to cry. And if she had really gone on more than that, I would have been too emotional. Before even taking the context of the words that she said, Emma's voice had so much power behind it that it wouldn't have mattered if what she said was gibberish. Jennifer Morrison did so well to perform this scene. We know that Emma was orphaned, and she never knew why, and she never had anyone that wanted her. I mean, she had that family that sent her back, and that was really sad. And she ran away so many times because she didn't know she belonged. She didn't belong there, and she didn't. She she grew up, and she grew up, and Henry found her and brought her home, and she still didn't see who she really was. She slowly realized what she meant and means to everyone in Storybrooke. She is their savior. She was predestined to save people from being unhappy. Before she was born, she had greatness in her and people looked to her for help before she was born. It took her a very long time for her to believe in something like magic, let alone believe in herself. We don't see her 100% utterly believing in herself until this one scene where she fights the darkness off because she knows that she's worth more than this. She knows she is worth more than her powers and that she doesn't need the darkness to prove that. And Emma is a hundred percent right. She is not nothing and she never was nothing. And honestly, Nimue would have had her if she hadn't said that she was nothing. Because that is the one thing to Emma that she never will be, and that's nothing. That was very eloquently put, Ash. That was fantastic, and I agree 100% with what you're saying. I th that scene was incredibly powerful, especially since we've seen a lot of uh, the character progression from Emma from episode one up until now. I mean, it took her a while to really accept everything that's happened to her and accept who she is, who she's become, and to accept those around her, you know, to let them in and to experience who she truly is. And so it was great to see her stand up for herself and to be like, you know, I have always been someone i'm not nothing i am you know emma swan damn it <laughs> thank you thank you Papi chula um i really really liked that last scene between emma and nimue i just i really liked it um nimue. it's what nimue not nimue nimue <laughs> Nim, Nim, did i say nimue yeah. nimue nimue Nimue, Nimu, <laughs> whatever. Nimi's good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do that. Anyways, Nim. <laughs> you call her Nimi for short. My girl, Nim. <laughs> Shout out to Nimi. <laughs> between Nim and Emma was great, I thought. 
um, I thought, you know, she was just like pushing Emma to make the wrong choice. And um, finally, she broke Emma by saying, don't go back to being nothing. And that finally broke Emma to the point of showing that she's gone from not being having any self-worth to having self-worth um, and helped her, you know, sh- or she, you know, was screaming at her that she's not nothing. She was never nothing. She always has had some worth and she's always had worth and I'm um, somebody. What? I'm somebody. <laughs> I'm somebody. Yes, that's right. But I just I really like that. It showed a lot of character development for Emma especially. Um but yeah, I really liked that last scene a lot. It was it was very intriguing. So good job. Yeah, I just love how with this episode as a whole, the writers must have been listening to all of our theories because they just like basically took our like 90% of our theories and like threw them down the toilet because like we've been wrong about everything and uh, like nothing that we're kind of predicting for the next couple episodes is really going to come true. (laughs) Yep. So you're welcome for the theories, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. I would actually be I think I would actually be more uh maybe I don't want to say satisfied, but I would be pleasantly surprised with a bigger Emma sword. Actually... <laughs> no. Uh if Emma had actually chosen the bad side. Because I we've seen her already choose to be good i we've seen her fight her darkness well well i didn't mention one thing that i might as well say right now there was an interesting comment from emma which this could be foreshadowing basically she asks merlin you know what if i use the darkness for good and merlin's like that's never happened before um, you know, you can't be tempted by it. You know, if there is ever anyone that can do that in the future, you know, that's going to be the most powerful dark one ever because they're going to be able to like wield the good and the darkness and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that this is where they are, they are actually going. I think that the whole point of whatever Emma it is, whatever it is that Emma is doing in Storybook with Excalibur and whatever happened in Camelot, I think that this is where they're going in the end, that they will say that she's the strongest dark one that ever existed because she managed to use the darkness for an ulterior good motive. Which that will make and Katie happy. I'm not sure that it will. Do you not see, do you think that Emma isn't completely in the dark side in nor- in present day, Pimenta? I think so, yes. I think that... I think that there's... Like I said, there's a higher purpose in what she's doing, and maybe by uniting Excalibur, she's not actually uh, looking to sniff out the light. She wants to do something else that we still don't know what it is. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think she's gone full dark side. I feel like she's faking it for everyone and i don't know how she's doing it because it you make it exactly because nimue is gonna be very mad 
Um, which kind of leads to a lot of now a lot of like this cast not casting sorry the set reports that Katie has been filling us in on. We initially thought it was like underworld people rising up into Storybrooke, when yeah. now it's like um, dark ones. Oh, you know what? We forgot because it was like so tiny. We forgot to mention the present day Storybrooke stuff. So really quick. Um, basically, uh, we saw Emma, you know, just basically put Excalibur back together. The Dark One Dagger, Excalibur, she magicked it together with the little spark. And uh, Nimue, as well as all of the previous incarnations of Dark Ones were there to sort of cheer her on. Because they're excited because they want the light to be extinguished. So, now that we've seen that, and we can put two and two together with what Katie has said... Obviously, the Dark Ones are going to wreak havoc on Storybrooke. So that, in my opinion, must mean that Emma does something to piss them off. So if she is faking them, and this is a long con type of situation, that's going to be interesting. Wouldn't you say, Katie? Yeah, I think it would be really interesting. Because I, until we saw that, or until you mentioned it, I should say, I didn't even think about that. But that's really interesting. Because so... it's, it's going to mean that some way these Dark One visions are going to take, like, I don't want to say human form, but like a, a form in which everyone can see them. Because right now they're all basically sort of in Emma's head, for lack of a better word. You know, she's seeing these visions and that kind of thing. So remember there was like the spoiler that you mentioned, uh, Katie, the set report where Henry's in the middle of the street and like dark ones start going around him. And like Emma says something like, don't look at him or something. Yeah, it was like... um, Or don't move. Yeah, yeah, like Nim ran up to him or something. And um, Emma said, yeah, basically don't move or don't look at him or her or whatever or something like that. So, yeah. So, yeah, so they're going to have to take some sort of, like, human-ish or spirit form so that the Storybrook residents can see them. So, I guess we'll have to see what ends up happening. But, like, all of our theories uh, that we've been talking about, like, the past couple of episodes of Storybrook Weekly Mirror have been kind of poo-pooed because of this episode. So, it's a good thing, though. I mean, you know, it'll give us some new theories to think about uh, for the next uh, couple episodes. Right, Katie? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, any final thoughts on the episode? Are we happy that Excalibur is put back together in present-day Storybrook? Eh, well... We knew it was coming. It was really interesting. Yes, it was nice so that she had almost... It appears to be, like, you know, a uh, moment of conscience where he was. she was like, oh, you know, Merlin told me not to do this when I was a girl. And then stupid Nimue's like, well, you're a woman now. I'm like, what the hell does that have to mean? (laughs) She went through puberty so she can, you know, play (laughs) play with the sword. Oh my lord! <laughs> I didn't mean it in that way, but Katie, you took it there. That's of course you did. Ash. I'm not saying anything. Okay. 
On that note, Katie, save us with spoilers. I mean, well, well, I mean, Emma was trying to steal something pretty big back when she met Merlin. You know what I mean? A big it chocolate a bar. bar. That's so mean. What? Okay, you wanted to take it that way, and what? I took it too far. Yes, she's a child. <sighs> Emma's a woman now. Yes. Well, she can steal her own chocolate bar, chocolate candy bars. <laughs> okay. Oh We're gosh. Move on. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, as always, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash Storybook Weekly Mirror. And you can also check out my site at storybookmirror.com. We'll have all the latest spoilers and scoops, casting stuff, um, filming news, and all of that fun, fun stuff. If you're interested in it, we always have those updated um, typically as they come out. So, And please ask um, Katie questions. She wants yeah, her asks filled with stuff you know is graham coming back is jefferson coming back is uh august coming back you You know what's going on with will scarlet she loves answering those questions please please continue to ask because we're for sure not talking about you behind your back yes and she also loves to be asked you know is it two episodes is it really one episode (laughs) explain to me what happened with that snow queen episode why is it two hours and she loves answering all that stuff yep i think ash sends all those i think so you don't know my tumblr account Mm -hmm. she's not speaking up Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have no idea I was so close to sending you a fake ass this morning it's like I heard on your show that Graham was coming back is it true <laughs> that, would, that would be great you should do it just for the fact that Kelly will not know and she will get so pissed <laughs> off and it'll be really funny yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't okay. answer it Kelly has to answer it Okay. <laughs> and I'll screenshot the text she sends me. <laughs> Who is this person? <laughs> oh, she doesn't listen to the show, so it's fine. <laughs> For it's all of you listening, okay. you've witnessed the premeditated murder of Kelly. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so we're going to get into some actual casting spoilers Yay. for the 100th episode. We actually got three this past week, which was fantastic. Um, so, first of all, we were confirmed that Robbie K will be reprising his role as Peter Pan Yay. in the 100th episode slash spring premiere. So, he will be there. Um, I think he already filmed, and it was, like, super yeah. quick. So... Yeah, it's obviously like one scene, maybe one or two scenes, one line, maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see how they do it. So, yeah. Who, yeah. who do you think that she is going to meet with? Uh, to meet with? Hook. Yeah, who is he going to interact with? In I would assume form? either Rumpelstiltskin or Hook. I would Hook. lean more towards Rumpel, maybe? Hook. <laughs> I'm I sorry, what are you saying, Papi Chula? What is that? 
Hook. I didn't hear it. Hook. Me neither. It's hook. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's if he up. is, uh, you know, we're in the spoiler section, so if we feel like he is going to quote-unquote die and, and be in the underworld and that kind of thing, I'm going to assume he's going to have to interact with some of the spirits of the underworld, so he's going to talk with Hook, I mean, I'm sorry, with uh, Pan and uh, certain other ones that Katie is probably going to discuss right now. Yeah. Okay, so, another person who is returning is Emma Caulfield, who we have not seen her since season one. She played the blind witch in the in the Hansel and Gretel episode. Um, so she will be appearing in the 100th episode as well. Yeah, although she's never met with Hook, so that one kind of ruins yeah. my theory. I have That's a probably that maybe to do, like, the, the, um, flashbacks. Like, he, like, we got that little tiny script tease for the 100th episode, and it says, like, after a bunch of flashbacks from all the years of Once Upon a Time. Like, it could possibly be for that, and it's not as big of a deal. Or it could be yeah. something cool like him interacting with the characters now wait we did get some that script i didn't see no that. that was like the fake title thing right oh yeah, okay. like, it's like, uh, i'm not giving you the title yet and then underneath it said after uh like scenes from every episode of once upon a time well i think that was like oh, an exaggeration yeah. yeah i think he was just but i'm sure that. they will have a nice little previously on because well, yeah. especially well, if yeah. we're gonna see all these characters that we haven't seen since season one you know yeah. Yeah. Well, it was obviously, yeah, like an over exaggeration, but I'm, yeah, like you said, they're they're more than likely going to show a bunch of scenes or whatever, just to, you know, give a shout out to the previous seasons that yeah. got them up to this 100th episode so Cause, far. Because if not, people are gonna be like, "Who's that blind lady with the candy?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's really interesting to me. Um, a lot of the people who are coming back have died, so it obviously gives to the underworld thing. Um, but the next person who is confirmed to come back has not died to our knowledge. Giancarlo Esposito is set to reprise his role as Sidney Glass in the 100th episode. Yay. And last we saw him, he was not dead. So, you know, he might just pop up for a scene or two. Yay. And kind of catch his banner. Who's the first of them all? He's banging Granny. Here's oh my! Dana. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Katie. That's age appropriate. Mm. The image isn't. No, exactly. Good job. Good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, those are all the people so far from this last week that we have been confirmed to be coming back for the 100th episode. Um, I'm assuming that we're going to get more. I don't know, but I would like to see some other people back, like Cruella and uh, Jefferson and Graham and all those oh, people. Oh, God, I'm you're sure. one of the ones Jeff that's Jefferson stoking the flame Wait, of Graham. I'm stoking the flame. I loved him, okay? Wait, he's more than like dead? Not coming. I didn't think he was dead. No, no, no. Yeah, she just yeah. wants him to return. Oh! <laughs> I actually watched The Martian yesterday, and when I saw Sebastian Stan, I was like, oh my god, Jefferson is alive! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't know that 
was in that film, and I I went insane inside the theater, and people were looking at me. Oops. I believe it. <laughs> so okay, so Katie already gave her responses. Let's try not repeat to repeat any. So she said Corella, Jefferson, and Graham. Who would you guys want to see return? Three different people. Three. Yes, Pimenta, you can go first. Me? Okay. Uh, I'd like to see Neil, Marion, and Daniel. Okay. Yeah, I think it would be very, very interesting to see their interactions with... (laughs) They have to be different than what Pimenta said. Yes, then different than what Katie said. Which is going to make it more difficult for me. (laughs) You took Neil! Um... Um, Jiminy Cricket. Ooh, yeah. Um, hmm. Who's dead? They don't have to necessarily be dead. It could just be characters that we haven't seen. Oh. Ariel? Yes. And Smee. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> really? I'm dying to see what the hell Smee has been up to. <laughs> Eat some garbage, that's what's up. Isn't he still a rat? No idea. But now Good that you mentioned it, we're going to have to find out. <laughs> okay, so I get to pick three. Have fun. No, actually, I have some good ones. King Ooh. George. Oh. Uh, is he? Yeah, he's Charming's dad, right? Yes, stepdad, yeah. technically, oh, or adoptive he's... father, yeah. He's the one yeah. one character on the show that I'm just... He makes me mad. So I know, mad. he's horrible. Um, Catherine. Oh, yes! Yes! I have more than three, so I'm since I'm last, I'll, I'll do them. Um, Ursula. Mm-hmm. I was going to say her, honestly. I would have made it difficult for you. Exactly. <laughs> And who was I thinking about right now that I was like... Oh, um, Philip and Aurora. Yes. Oh. And, just because he's dead, and I thought he had cute chemistry with Ruby, although I think she's going to be going to the other side of the gender spectrum. Gus. Gus, Gus. (laughs) Gus, Gus. They would have been cute together, a wolf with a rat. I know, right? But then King George had to gut him. Like a fish. Can I add another person to my list? Yes, why not? As long as they haven't been mentioned. It hasn't been mentioned, and I think people are going to throw rocks at me. Mila. (laughs) What? No, not Mila. Oh, Mila. Hmm, interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm going to see Mila. Yeah, that's interesting. I wouldn't. She was a horrible woman. I would want to see her reaction to Hook if if he is in the underworld of his relationship with Emma. I would like to see what's up. What Hook would do? Mm. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Okay. Go like Adam, a fish. Eddie, you got it. We got the. We got next season. Get right on it. Pimenta. Wait, you had one more. Yes. Uh. I would like to see King Leopold. Hmm. Yeah. I would. I would think that would be interesting. It would give um somebody for Snow to, you know, yeah, have a scene with. I guess you could say. I love how no one mentioned anyone from Arendelle. No! Yes! Yes! I like them. I did like them. I don't I know how they really fit in. I like them once upon a time world. I like you know them what? once upon a time. 
Season 5 has made me really miss Frozen, and I cannot believe I'm saying that. <laughs> oh, not me, but it would be nice to see them every once in a while. I, I hated that quote that Adam and Eddie gave, that they were like, oh, we're probably never going to see them again. I'm like, really? Well, we're seeing a lot more... I, I was just looking it up a couple of minutes ago, but like that... Vortigan guy, he's actually in Arthurian legend. Yes, I read about that too. But I couldn't figure out like what his story actually was. Like it was just his name was mentioned and stuff. Like it's in other works. And that's a lot. Apparently, of he was. Um, I forget what I read. Like a warrior or something or something like that. Probably. Katie, continue on. Anyways, okay, so <clears throat> we have one last bit of casting news. Um, you know how we were talking about the distinguished gentleman, Mr. DG, as they were calling him, mm-hmm. Mr. DG, uh, aka Hades. Um, basically. basically, hashtag <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so they cast him, and Greg German will be playing this heavily recurring role Yay. of the DG. Um, he's gonna be epic. Yeah, he looks like he's perfect for he's the role. Born, yeah, he's born to play Hades. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, he I don't think any of you have seen Ally McBeal, but he's played a character before that was very snarky and sassy and that kind of thing. So I, he's like the best choice to play Hades. Yeah, yeah so oh, I'm he's really cute. excited. <laughs> Yeah, he. I don't know. He he has this look about him that will be perfect for this role. So I'm super excited, super super excited. I think they went with another great choice, as always. So always, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So that's it with casting scoop. Um. Just wanted to real quick talk about some filming stuff that happened. So. Um. Apparently, Storybrooke looks completely different right now. It appears to look like the underworld, like the underworld has come to Storybrooke. Um, for one, the clock tower is like snapped in half, and the t- clock part of the tower is laying in the middle of Storybrooke Road, which is really interesting. Um, also, um, oh, Emma, the Volkswagen is. Um, burnt it looks electrified or something i don't know what happened but um something crazy happened and then there's a bunch of all the shops in storybook have been changed to like really creepy things like one of them's a mortuary mortuary uh or like a funeral home or something like that and a lot of them have a bunch of just like urns and stuff and it's really creepy. Um, they did a really good job changing the atmosphere of what we typically see. So, Can I ask you a question? Thing. Yeah, go for it. Now, are, are we sure that they changed existing shops for this? Or could this possibly be like how... Remember, I forget what it was called, like the chop shop, you know, Bo Peep's lamb chop shop or butcher shop mm-hmm. all of a sudden that appeared out of nowhere but that had quote unquote technically always have been there could it be something yeah. like that are we sure that it's actual shops that have transformed or could this just be sort of like a part of the street maybe that we've never really focused on like you know all of a sudden the ice cream parlor's there 
Yeah. It could be that. I can't say for sure. Because um, it is a town. Because it is a I town, will. so it would I'll have, like, a funeral right. parlor or something. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm not for sure, but, yeah, Pimenta, that's your job. <laughs> I will. <laughs> when you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks really creepy. So whatever it is, they did a really good job changing it. Um, but one last thing for filming. Uh, Jennifer Morrison has been posting pictures for, I think it's 101 smiles. Days of Smiles. Yes, that's correct. 101 Smiles or something. She wasn't smiling in that picture you're going to be talking about. No, she wasn't. So she posted this photo where it's her. She has a red jacket back on again. Um... And she doesn't have all the white hair and the white eyebrows and all of that. Um, so she's back to normal, but she appears she's laying down in what people have analyzed to be the boat that we saw in, in the second episode. With the Boo Fury. Yes, that episode. Uh, <laughs> it, that boat that the, the Grim Reaper, whatever it was, was on. Um, so she's laying down in the bottom of that, basically, and I don't know. She has a gas mask on, which is probably just for the actress, obviously, so she's not inhaling all the, you know, fake smoke and all <laughs> the chemicals from that, I'm guessing. So, I don't know what's going on. She's going to the underworld. Why not? <laughs> sounds like a lovely place. Yeah, sounds, you know... <laughs> Great place to visit. <laughs> Call on vacation. Traveling down the river sticks. Who knew it was in Storybrooke? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Anyways, so that was all the main spoilers for um, episode 12, which is the 100th episode. Um, so that's it for spoilers, but um, we do have ratings. Came out for Sunday night's episode. Um, the ratings came in at 1.5 in the demographics, which matched with last week's 1.5. And the millions of viewers ticked up a tiny bit to 4.85 million viewers. It did tie for top scripted uh, drama, I believe, of the night in the demographics. So that is good. Awesome. Yay. That's yeah. great to hear. Also, Jane Espenson, I forgot to put this in here. Jane Espenson did tweet and say that it is fantastic for their show to be doing, to be steadily doing so well this season. So, so that means that they're happy with it. it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. That's good. Uh, certainly uh, is positive, uh, positive note for all of us so on that note let's end on some positivity join us next time for a brand new installment of storybrook weekly mirror you can visit poppychuloradio.com archives to download this episode and many more registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts please like us on facebook by going to facebook.com storybrook weekly mirror you can also like the station on facebook by going to facebook.com poppychuloradio you can email us with any questions suggestions comments or concerns at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Co-host, wish the listeners a good night. Have a good night, guys. Bye, guys. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone. <laughs>